Hey, give it up for that worship team. Good morning, good morning. Hey, uh, here at West Des Moines Open Bible, we've changed our purpose statement recently. It is love God, serve people, make disciples. And it's not, we've been working with it this whole week because it's like loving God, serving others, making disciples. And it's like this, it's it's love God because I want to wake up in the morning. I want to tell myself, I have to love God. I have to serve others and I have to make disciples. I'm not in process. I'm on mission. And so the king of kings is telling me, Ben, you need to love God, serve others, make disciples. So I'm not always like constantly doing it yet, but I'm getting there. And so we've, we've come up with the terminology, love, not loving, serve, not serving, make, not making. Because every morning we wake up afresh and anew and we have been put on mission every morning, right? And so as we continue to go through Vision 2024 called the greater, I believe in, in if you're going to be called the greater, you have, to, you have to, one, be a servant, two, and this is in no particular order, I'm just putting one and two because last week we talked about being a servant. This week we're going to talk about discipleship, being a disciple, leading others in discipleship. What does that look like? And this one sermon's not even going to come close to encapsulating it all, but you'll grab my heart, I hope. I hope you'll see my heart in discipleship. And the third one, which will come later, is uh, worship. Now, before I get into the message, there is another announcement. Next week, President of Open Bible will be here, Michael Nortoon. You're not going to want to miss it. He is a phenomenal speaker. Like, I'm okay. He's phenomenal. If you've ever heard him, you know what I'm talking about. He can preach like nobody's business. You're not going to want to miss it. He is anointed. He's a man of God. And he's going to come with a powerful message next week. So make sure you're here. uh, And let's show support to this gentleman who recently become the president of Open Bible. He wanted to come and share with you guys. And so that's pretty big for us. So with that, let's dive in. Discipleship has been oddly defined in Western culture since the day that I was born. I mean, I I can't say anything further back because I wasn't here, but typically discipleship is like, you get a discipleship group, man. You're you're in. You're you're sitting down and you're doing Bible studies every week. You know? It's like, hey, let's have a discipleship group. Okay, let's let's have Bible study. Oh, we might have food. We might have food. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to bring your own drink, you know? Or there might be a drink, but you got to bring your own meal. Or even better, like, we're going to go learn about the Word of God at Panera. I mean, that's notorious Christian talk right there. I'm just going to throw it out there. Smoky Row is new. No, don't go there. Don't go there. You'll learn way too much at Smoky Row. Limit it to Panera. I'm just kidding. But that's, you know, like, like that's discipleship we've defined as, as not just following God, but learning about Him. But that's not discipleship. Discipleship, I would even dare to say, is not even just being a follower of Jesus. It's so much more. We we come in and we go, man, I'm a a disciple of Jesus. And and this is something I thought of, is is that when we become these disciples of Jesus, we, we typically are the ones that say, 
I'm a disciple because I belong to him. Okay, a disciple is so much more than just belonging to God. There's so much more than just belonging to God. There's so much more than just learning what the Bible says. There's so much more than just praying and not listening. There's so much more than just worshiping the king to make you a disciple. It's all of them and more. Like, when I look at the word of God and I look at the Bible, I don't see discipleship as, let's come around a table and let's just meet together and I'll just teach you and don't do anything about it. Yeah, that's fellowship. It's not discipleship, but as a Christian culture, will any of you agree with me on this, that we've kind of fallen into the slump and there have been seasons upon seasons where discipleship was, let's learn about God and let's, let's not rock the boat. Let's not, let's not go out and minister. Let's do it calmly. I was thinking about this so much so that like even this morning, I, I sometimes I get on TikTok, forgive me, it's okay. But there's this guy on TikTok and he starts preaching to a crowd and it's typically on a college campus and people come up and go, you need to get out of here. You're not welcome here. And he's like, wait, why? Let's have a conversation about this. And I thought, man, when Jesus was with his disciples and he went and he was in front of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and, and they were like, hey, your, your words are not welcome here. Do you know how much the disciples learned in that moment? How many of us are disciple makers here that say, you know what, I'm going to go out into the streets, I'm going to start preaching uh, on college campuses, but I'm bringing my friends with me because when my friends see this, they can learn something about how to respond to controversy. I'm not going to yell at them. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to say, I even know, like, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to show up and give me their thoughts. Because if I can do what Jesus did, because he said, you will do things like what I've done and greater then we can learn what it means to be a disciple. Now, I haven't even opened the word yet. Are you catching my heart this morning? Like, I've brought up scripture. I haven't brought up references. Welcome to old times when it was scrolls. See, I don't know the scrolls. But Jesus does not want us to continue just sitting at his feet and learning 24-7. He wants us to sit at his feet 24-7, while also going. He wants us to sit at his feet while worshiping. And I believe this. I believe today there was breakthrough in worship because we're not just seeking it to build ourselves up. We're seeking it so we can go out. Discipleship is not, discipleship is not just a training ground. It's also, it's like the military Discipleship is not your boot camp. It's your activation. When you're in the middle of, of discipleship, you're learning on the job. Jesus didn't come and go, let's have a boot camp real quick, and then you can learn how, what I do, and then, you know what, then I'll send you off with your generals, and you'll do what I need you to do. No, he showed up, and he didn't just say, hey, this is boot camp, but you're also going to go two by two. Discipleship is so much more. We are called the greater. We are called the greater. And if we don't go out and we don't seek him and become the greater that he's called us to, then we failed. I want to read this scripture, Acts 1. And this week I actually have the scripture in there. I didn't forget. If you were here last week, you noticed that uh, the scripture was off or not up. And that's because yours truly messed up. 
Um, so Acts 1, 6 through 8 says this. It says, So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Jesus replied, The Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. So lesson number one when it comes to discipleship is stop worrying about the things that don't need to be worried about. When Jesus is coming, it could happen tomorrow, it could happen 30 years, it could happen not in our lifetime. I don't care when it happens. See, this is the great thing. Jesus tells us, don't worry about when that comes because I don't even have the authority to tell you what date that is. That's the Father's. He hasn't shared that with me. I'm not going to share it with you. And then it says this. And I love this because he says, don't worry about that, but, in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Everything that you've been following me for, everything you've been learning, everything you've been doing, now you're going to go put it into practice as a lifestyle. It's not just when I tell you to, it's a lifestyle. How many of us follow God that way? The apostles were the disciples. Now they've changed their names, right? Now we're apostles. Now we're going out. Now we're sharing the gospel. We're not waiting for Jesus to tell us. We're just going. We're doing. We're, we're making it happen. But it's not just that. We're also teaching them to obey the commands that my Father has taught me. And as they, they learn to obey, what happens? They grow. When they learn what God is doing, they grow. When they worship the king that they never wanted to worship before, they grow. When they, when they start serving the others that God has put in their life, they grow. Because it's not for the others, it's for the king. We don't serve others because it's going to help them. We serve others because the king is glorified. And I think we forget about that. I think we think, man, if I help them, then man, I can have this really good feeling in my heart and in my soul that I helped them, I did what God told me. If that's it, if, if you're sitting there going, man, I, I helped them and I did what God told me and I'm so excited that I was obedient to God and God gets the glory, that's the right heart. But if it's, man, look at me, look at me. I did a good thing. We have totally lost the point. See, the disciples were taught that. They, they at times messed up. Jesus is notorious for correcting his disciples time and time again. But it's okay because he still loved them. Do you understand that discipleship, even Judas, the man who turned Jesus into the Romans, was considered a disciple. Even the man who, who went and made his own fate was a disciple. He followed Christ. He was learning from Jesus. He was doing the things he was told to do. He was obeying him. And he was still learning. He was still growing. There's a reason why I opened today's service with you belong before you believe because Judas belonged even though he didn't believe. He was still a part of Jesus' followers. He was still a disciple. And here we see that Jesus is sending them out. And he's not just calling them to be disciples, but what we would also call evangelists. Disciples, apostles, evangelists. Guess what? They are all going to share the name of Jesus with somebody. Teacher. Prayer warrior. Like, throw out some more gifts here. Teacher, prayer warrior, pastor, uh, 
prophet, you're going to share the name of Jesus. Evangelist is a subcategory of every calling in everybody's life. Especially disciples. When you're called to be a disciple, when you're called to learn who God is, when you're called to follow him, when you're called to a greater purpose, you have to take people through discipleship, you have to lead them, you have to show them, you have to help them grow, and you also have to do those things. Now, I'm sorry that I'm telling you what you have to do, but Jesus called us into relationship with him. It's not a one-sided relationship where we receive and he just sits there and continues to give. He is a just God. He is a jealous God. We don't look at those things as always being the right thing. But God requires justice and he requires our time. We are called. He's jealous for our time. And he wants us to do what's right so when the end time comes and he reads the names, your name is on it. But you can't just pray the prayer without living the life. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can. Like, let me, let me say this. Jesus, come into my heart. If you mean it, you mean it. You're saved. You know Jesus. Now it's time to grow. You cannot live on this planet without showing his goodness and think your faith is a lie. We went over that last week. Out of James. Faith without works is dead. If we go to like the NIV translation, faith without works is dead. Without works, your faith cannot show off Jesus. Same thing is true about discipleship. If you learn everything you want, but don't show off Christ, what faith do you have? Right? I ask that of myself all the time. Discipleship is so important in 2024 for West Des Moines Open Bible because we should be a people that's not just growing, but communicating the love of Christ. It goes on, uh, we're, we're going to move down and, and go to Luke 24, verse 13. This is a story, um, this is after Jesus is murdered on the cross and after he comes back supernaturally from the, from the dead. So this is Jesus all of a sudden showing up and, and walking with some people, and, and it starts off this way. That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus. Now these are not his disciples, these are his followers. Understand, they knew about him, they saw him, they followed him from city to city, but they did not eat meals with him all the time, unless he was feeding 5,000. They did not show up when it was lesson time. He did not share intimate moments of prayer in the garden with them. These are followers. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about the things that have happened there the last few days. 
How many times have you ever been like, Jesus, you just don't see what's been going on or else you would answer my prayer the way I want it? Right? That's essentially what Cleopas has just said. You must not see it because you don't know about it. Check this out. Verse 19, what things, Jesus asked. Come on, how many times has Jesus played stupid in your life just to show up? He's like, what things? What haven't I seen? What haven't I done? What haven't, what, what's been going so terribly in your life that I haven't seen you and been there for you to bring you up from the ground? Right? He talks to you like that, like he knows you're an adult. You know? Anybody ever look at God and go, man, he treats me like an adult. He does, and you're his child. And he loves you enough to treat you like you are. And check this out. It goes on. It says this in verse 19. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said, he was a prophet. Oh, you just messed up. You went done messed up right there. Who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God. Oh, messed up again. Strike two. And all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had, keyword, hoped. He was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Man, look at somebody and go, it took three days. It took three days. It took three days for Jesus to be murdered on the cross and come back to rescue the lost. How much faster do you think it takes for him to turn around and get you? If you just put your faith in him, if you just put your eyes on him, if you just start following what he wants, how much faster will he rescue you from your own self? Maybe not your circumstance. Maybe your circumstance doesn't change, but your attitude changes. Therefore, your circumstance changes in your mind. And you start moving in ways that God never thought or you never thought God would move you. You start seeing a negative circumstance as a positive circumstance. You start going from, man, God, what are you doing? Why are you putting me through this? To, man, God, I can't wait to be molded even more. It hurts, but it is so good. You are changing my life, God. And I worship you through the molding. Through the the wreck that I've become. When you've had to smash my pottery, who I am, to the ground and remold me from the start. Lord, I thank you for that. You want to talk about discipleship? When you find out that you're a disciple, you're saying, yes, Lord, remold me again. Yes, God, if you have to, smash me so I can be made new again. Lord, I want to live in a, in a humble place where I'm serving you all the time. And if you have to smash me day after day, I will choose to live in this life positive for your kingdom. Because it's about you, it's not about me. Did you know you are put here for such a time as this? Here's the thing. We go, man, I was put here at such a time as this. And we think, man, it's about me. But we don't literally think that. We just start walking, right? I'm put here for such a time as this. Come on now. You can't get me. Next thing you know, you're on your back. Because our attitude was different. But God says, he's he's telling us, Jesus is saying right here in this scripture where, where he's having this conversation, when Luke writes this, he's saying, hey, no, 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 no. You don't do this for you. See, a disciple desires that. He desires to, or she desires to learn what it means not to do this for self. Our Christianity was never meant 
following Jesus was never meant to be about self. It was meant to be about God. It was meant to be about his business at all, all times. I remember this story, before I continue in this scripture, I remember this story about Jesus and he, he was lost. Imagine that. Jesus at 12 years old, lost because his parents misplaced him. You know? They just overlooked it. They start going. You know how kids are? That's not how Jesus was. He was on mission. And they come back, and it probably took a couple days for them to get back, and for Jesus to be alive and well, man, he, that must have been the first time in the wilderness for him. You know what I'm saying? And he's preaching in the temple, and the priests, he's 12 years old, and the priests are going, man, how does this kid know all of this? And his parents are mad. They're like, where were you? And he looks at his mom, forgive me, this is how I remember reading it in the Bible. Woman, don't you know I was about my father's business? Back then it was nicer to say that. Today's culture, don't you dare. Ladies, get over yourselves. When, when Jesus says it to you, he cares so much about you. And that's the thing. We see it here that these two are, are just, they're falling in with the in crowd. You know? How many times as, as disciples, when we say, man, I've been following Jesus and I've, I've been learning and I'm trying to obey and, and man, it's hard. Yes, that's a disciple. I mean, man, I've been learning, I've been worshiping, I've been praying, I've been trying and my life isn't going right. And Jesus goes, you have little faith. Man, I've been, I've been walking. When Jesus said, come out onto the water, I stepped out onto the water and I started taking steps and I was walking on the water with Jesus and then all of a sudden I started sinking because I lost focus and Jesus looks at you and goes, you have little faith. It's okay. Take my hand. A disciple is willing to be humble enough to take Jesus' hand. A disciple is willing and, and hungry enough that he would, he would risk everything to step out onto the water, the thing that freaks him out the most. See, Jesus is the kind of guy who will lead his disciples into maybe even Peter didn't know how to swim because he was sinking and he was nervous and it was windy and the waves were coming. And who would jump into the North Sea? He wasn't in the North Sea, but come on, that, that, that works, right? The barren sea. You guys have all seen the fishing shows, right? If you haven't, go check it out. But I imagine that kind of water. And Jesus says, it's okay. He's literally walking on a wave. Way cooler than surfing. And he's like, oh, bring me down, wave. Okay. You know, he's, he's the king of the mountains. He's the prince of the waters. And he commands the winds to behave. I want to be the disciple that is so messed up and so on fire that every time I'm doing well, he gets my praises. And every time I'm doing bad, he gets my praises. I'm not going to blame Satan for things that God is teaching me. Have you ever thought about that? Like, man, I'm going through this trial and Satan's really coming after me. That is our notorious, that is our as followers of Christ, we are notorious for saying, Satan's coming after me. He's attacking me. 
Maybe Jesus is just allowing you to be trained up a little bit. Maybe he's saying, hey, will you, will you follow me through the tough season? Will you walk with me? Will you see what I can do? Because a disciple walks through the waves. He shows up. She shows up because Jesus showed up for them. So oftentimes when we're in this, this time, this grieving stage, see, these two people lost who they hoped was the Messiah. They didn't realize he was there, that he was back to life, that he had defeated sin and the grave. Y'all hear that? Yeah, they're walking with Jesus. This is why we say you belong before you believe because not all the time do people show up for Jesus and know that Jesus is right there, right next to them. So if you're like, ah, man, I don't know if I believe in this stuff. I got news for you. Jesus is right next to you. He's walking with you. He's showing up in your life and he's saying, hey, will you come follow me? Will you just start becoming a follower? Believe I'm a prophet for now because I'm going to bring you into the family. You're going to understand that I'm not just a prophet. I'm the Savior. I'm the, I'm the answer to your every desire, your every need. Like Jesus is saying that. Not Ben. Not Ben. Don't take Ben's word for it. Open up the Bible and see what it says. Ask the Lord to show you. Like a disciple goes into a, a Sunday, Sunday service two ways. Can I share this? I'm going to share it. Uh-oh. Okay. Two ways. You can't take it away from me anymore. Ha! Yeah, yeah, you can. Okay, so, um, dare you. Um, <laughs> so, so two ways a disciple comes in. Okay, Lord, what do you got for me? Okay, or, man, Lord, I really hope you have something to change your kingdom. And then they leave two different ways. Man, Lord, why did you have to hurt me so much to make me so good? And, well, that sermon wasn't for me. Two ways. No, those are the same two ways a disciple walks into a sermon and walks out of a sermon or into church and out of church as someone who doesn't believe. Because God will either affect them in a way and they'll be paying attention and their hearts will be open to how God wants to move. Or, Totally closed off. But you know it takes a week sometimes to be taught again. It takes seven days for your heart to align with God's to be taught again by somebody else. Do you, do you do it? Do you go after Jesus like the disciple? Do you go after him and say, Lord, I, even though I messed up, I still want to sit at your feet? Do you, do you get so devastated at yourself when you mess up, that you want to improve, that you, you say, you know what, I'm not going to take the path of Judas, I'm going to take the path of Peter. Peter, the one who, who denied Christ, he said, no, I'm not going to deny you. I'm not going to deny you. He's at the Last Supper, and, and, and Jesus is like, Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the, before the rooster crows. And guess what? He does it, and Peter's like, no, I'm not, no, I'm not, but he does it. And then later on, Jesus comes to him on the shore, and Peter is so excited, he puts on all his clothes and jumps in the water. I always thought that was funny. Like, dude, you could have kept your clothes dry, waited for them to come to shore. But he had to put all his clothes on to get to shore. And he shows up on the shore, and Jesus goes, Peter, do you love me? Peter goes, yeah, I love you. Then feed my sheep. You know, a disciple knows the call of God on their life. And if they don't, God will let them know. 
Peter's name wasn't always Peter, it was Simon. And God changed Simon's name to Peter because he was the rock in which his church would be built. You're, you're smiling at me. I'm a little, I'm a little wor- worried. That's what I've always heard. I haven't done the research on that. Don't take my word. You should go re- research that yourself. You n- made me nervous. Yeah, you did. Thanks. I love that. I really do. But check it out. My bad. I see what you, you're doing there. Peter became the rock in which Jesus' church would start out of. Jesus is the rock in which his church would be built. Thank you. Yeah, that's all right. It makes more sense because Peter is the rock. Peter is Dwayne the Rock Johnson now, okay? So, no, not even close. But here, here we are, two people walking, messing up, Hello, mess up. And Jesus shows up. But then Peter's asked again, and we're not talking about Peter, but Peter's asked again, do you love me? He looks at Jesus and goes, what are you, I've already answered this question, God. Okay, okay, you know, I'm human. I get it. Jesus, you're human too. You forgot? It's cool. Yeah, I love you. Jesus didn't forget. Peter did. So a little bit more time goes by that same day and Jesus again asks Peter, he says, do you love me? And frustrated, Peter goes, Jesus, don't you know? Don't you know? I do love you. I do love you. And Jesus again says, then feed my sheep. Peter denied Christ three times. He wasn't the rock. He wasn't a solid foundation. He wasn't someone so entrusted with the call of God to feed his sheep in his mind. But yet Jesus knew who he would become. A disciple has a call. A disciple has a purpose. A disciple was called to become more, becoming greater. Check this out. It goes on. They're continuing to talk here. In verse 22, the, the, these two men then said, then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They still don't get it. They, don't still, they still don't believe it. They've, they've had the testimony shared with them that Jesus is alive and they still don't get it. Check it out. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the woman had said. I, I, can I just say something, ladies? The redemption of who Eve was is right here. It's another sign that you are redeemed and that God has called you, he's placed his hand on you, He's, meant, he's designed you for a purpose. He's moved you out of your own way to create his kingdom through your life. Because men, we need to listen more. I mean, the ladies come with this an amazing report and, and we go, oh man, that's too, that's too good to be true. Let me go check it out myself. 
But you know, Jesus... Never mind, I'm not going to go there. Oh, there was something. Nope, not doing it. Nope, not doing it, no! Get behind me, Satan! Jesus wants you to know that what was you isn't who you're going to be. The disciples, the disciples, I love my farmer buddy from Lake in Illinois because he would always remind me. The disciples were like him. They had mouths like sailors. He was a farmer. They had mouths like sailors. They were sailors. They were, they were commercial fishermen. They were like oil riggers. They were like uh, construction workers. And Jesus called them. He called them. And if that's not proof enough that, that you have been called by God to become a disciple and to walk in his calling, I don't know what else to tell you. But it doesn't end. Luke 24, 35 goes on. It says this, Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road. Because in the middle of that, in the previous scripture, they find out that Jesus is the king. This guy they had been walking with that, that God had said, nope, I'm not going to show him off to you. He goes, hey, let's, he breaks the bread in front of them and all of a sudden they see and he disappears. Y'all freaking out yet? See, when my Jesus appears and disappears, I should be thankful and I should be, I should be calm because my, my Jesus showed up. He showed up when I was doubting. He showed up when I was confident. He showed up. He was there. He left. He went to go share some more. He's my king. I'm so excited. So these two, in their excitement, went from, from just followers to believers, and they ran back to Jerusalem. And this is what happens. They share their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they were, had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, come on now. Just as they were telling the disciples about Jesus, Jesus appears. You want to be growing in your walk with Christ? You want to see what God can do? Take some faith and start stepping out and sharing the story of how Jesus came into your life. Because that's what they did. Man, Jesus just showed up. We didn't recognize him. No, I was oblivious. Let me tell you about it. I grew up in the church. I was oblivious for 12 years that Jesus was in my life. And then all of a sudden, he showed up with some love that I'd never felt before. He showed up with this, this amazing anointing of who he was. And all of a sudden, I was like, holy buckets, Lord, I see you. You want to talk about growth? Go share that with someone who doesn't believe, who thinks you're crazy. I want to be known as crazy. Y'all remember that song, Jesus Freak by DC Talk? This side was like, yeah. This side's like, what? <laughs> it's okay. Will you pull that up for after service? Stick around. You'll hear a new song. It's not that old. I mean, 90s. Is it 90s? Early or 90s? Early two, 90s. Yeah, 90s. I was thinking early 2000s, but 90s, you know? Here's the thing. 
These two are walking back. They, they get back. They tell the disciples everything. They grow because all of a sudden Jesus appears. Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. He showed up and he's like, hey, I'm here to bring peace. Y'all, when Jesus shows up, he either brings peace or calamity. Look at the temple. And when he showed up that time, he's like, you know, I've shown up. I've brought calamity. This world has seen destruction and, and, and death, and now I'm bringing life. When we show up in people's lives as disciples of Christ, we bring life with us. We have to. We can't bring death. We can't bring destruction. We've got to bring life. We've got to bring compassion. We've got to bring forgiveness. We've got to bring humility. We've got to bring the things that Jesus brought. And sometimes in our humility, we need to bring co- correction. I can't wait till after service. Nate, I'm waiting. I appreciate it. See, like, I, you guys have no idea where my mind is right now. But God is telling us. And, and then this happens in verse 37, which I think is one of the most powerful verses of this portion of Scripture. It says, but the whole group was startled and frightened. When you don't live in peace enough in your life, you'll be startled by the presence of peace. You'll be frightened that what you knew will be gone. That you will hold on to the calamity and not the peace. The disciples are in the midst of calamity and they're like, wait, hold on, I don't want this peace because Jesus, you died. The Romans are after us. We should be fearing them. And Jesus says, peace be with you. And then they think they're seeing a ghost. Man, if Jesus is a ghost, let me see him. Verse 38 says, why are you frightened? He asked. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? A disciple lives through the doubt and continues to go to Jesus. In Matthew 28, you knew this was coming up. Verse 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As you love God, serve others, you will be doing this. You will be making disciples, baptizing them, and teaching them. It's not just the call of your pastor. Nowhere in the Bible will you find it say, your pastor should baptize anybody you bring to Jesus. It doesn't say it. I've I've looked. John the Baptist baptized the greatest high priest of all time. Cousin John baptized cousin Jesus. Israel. John had corn, or uh, not cornrows, what am I talking about? Dreadlocks. That would be dope though, right? Am I right? That'd be pretty sweet. But he had dreadlocks because he was so dirty. He ate locusts and honey. He ate, let's, let's just put locusts into a more uh, Iowa term. He ate grasshoppers. That's what he ate and honey. He risked being stung and got the honey. Sometimes we have to risk being stung to get the honey of God. But we have to do what he says. We have to go after him. I'm going to, I'm going to read Luke 24, 39 through 42 to finish up here. And it says this. It says, look at my hands, look at my feet. You can see that it is really me. In other words, stop doubting. Touch me and make 
sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands. He showed them his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with, the, with joy and wonder. Man, I, I can't believe what I'm seeing. How many people have ever said that in their life? I can't believe what I'm seeing, but I know it's real. And you either have a fear because what you're seeing is very crazy and, and not good, or you're filled with joy because you never thought you'd see the day. But it came. Then, still in verse 41, then he asked them, do you have anything to eat here to eat? Man, my Jesus is hungry. They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. Discipleship isn't always about believing. It's about learning. And it's about learning to believe. It's about following. It's about learning. It's about serving. It's about obeying the king. It's about Jesus. When I become a true disciple of Christ, everything in me starts saying, Jesus, what is it? Jesus, how do you want to move? Jesus, where do you want to take me? It's really, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie it in. I didn't even mean to do this, but when you start becoming that disciple, you're saying, Jesus, how do I become your freak? A Jesus freak. I'm using a 90s term. I'm old, okay? Lord, I want to become all about you. I want to become your, your freak. I want people outside this church to think I'm nuts because of how much I believe in you. I want them to, to try and put me in an insane asylum. They don't have those anymore. State hospital. I don't know. Thank you. Thanks. I want them to put me in a padded room because they think I'm nuts. But Jesus, you are alive and real. And you're here in this room. And you're going to be in that room. And you're going to be in that jail cell. And you're going to be in that, that bedroom. And you're going to be in that crack house and that whore house. And you're going to be wherever you are. Wherever there's air to breathe, you are God. Will I live that way? Will I start turning my pages and say, God, I want to live as though you're watching everything and that you know everything because you are watching everything and you do know everything. I don't want to just believe God. I want to be all in. In Luke, it does talk about, in Luke, yeah. I could be wrong on the reference. I, I think it's around Luke 7, but Jesus says, I want you either hot or cold. No in-between. I don't want you lukewarm. I don't want you half in, half out. Man, during Sunday, I'm real good. Oh man, Friday, come on, let's party. Man, Sunday, I got that. Last night, you should have seen it, but today I'm saved. Man, last night, I was picking fights. I was going after it. Sunday. Oh, Monday. Oh, you got a case of the Mondays. Man, I wish the case of the Mondays looked less like anger and, motive and, and frustration and looked more like Jesus loves this world. 
if we are going to become the disciples that God has called us to become, our Mondays are going to become Jesus wants to affect this world in his way, not my way. And he's going to come with his mighty hand of love and embrace people. He's going to, to crush their disappointments and show up with appointments. You understand that if you start praying those kind of prayers and you start living that kind of way, you are the appointment they're going to have. And you're going to have the words that the Holy Spirit has put on you to, to free them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You want to be a disciple that impacts this world for the kingdom? Stop just digging in and learning and sitting back. Stop worshiping him on Sundays and worshiping whatever else is in this world on Monday. We all have to. No one in this room, myself, is, is involved with this. Like we, we, we aren't excluded from this growth, from what God wants to do. When he says, I'm calling you to greater in discipleship, servanthood, and worship, I'm calling you to something you don't even know. Are you guys ready? Are you guys hungry for 2024? You're not going to hit the floor this year. You're not going to hit the floor because when Jesus is catching you, you, you don't have room for the floor. You thought you had a basement yet last year, and you did, but God doesn't let you get to the basement. He catches you when you allow him. Stop controlling and let God. Are you ready? I mean, are you really ready? Are you authentically saying that Jesus, take the wheel, are you Carrie Underwooding? your life now. If y'all don't know who Carrie Underwood is, good for you. Good for you. You're not about this world. But Jesus wants you to give him your all. Lose control of yourself and give it to God. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just pray that you would show up. Not just today, not just this morning, but Lord, as we get out into our car, Lord, as we, as we go out to eat, as we go home to eat, Lord, as we prepare a meal, or Lord, as we fellowship with others, Lord, as, as Sober Soldiers goes out this week, Lord, I pray that you would show up and show off. Lord, that we would be the, the disciples that you've called us to be. Even in our mess up, we would come to you humbly and say, Lord, here I am. Lord, strengthen me. Unify us, Lord. Bring us closer together with your call to not just love you and serve others, but also to worship the King of Kings and make disciples. Lord, I pray that you would show up this week. Lord, where we need you, Lord, I pray you would fill the need. Lord, where someone needs a job this week, I pray you would give them a job. Lord, where somebody needs rest this week, you would give them rest. Lord, where someone needs a little bit more motivation, you would give them motivation. Lord, I pray for more freedom in this house and outside this house. Lord, I pray for more freedom in the people here, that they would be free from their addictions, that they'd be free from their circumstance, that they'd be free from their mindsets. Lord, I pray that you would free them from their disabilities and free them from their, their physical incapabilities. Lord, I pray that you would show up and show off. Lord, if that's your will, I pray that it be done. Lord, strengthen us this week. Direct us this week. Move us and mold us this week in your awesome, wonderful, amazing name. Amen. Amen. Hey, you got that song? You guys got it? No, no, no. What are you doing? You got to play the song. I'm going to do a DD. You got to play the song.
Do we have it? If, oh, 